0: One of the best ways to keep up with Church Life is through the City Life app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sunday, explore the Bible while listening to messages, stay up to date with Church Life through our Connect section, and much more. Download the City Life app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Uh, it's good to see you guys in church. You can have a seat now. Um, I just want to let you know next Sunday, I'm going to be sharing another message in this series I've been doing for a, a couple years now. I, I do one of these messages every couple months. Uh, it 's a, it's a series of messages that i 'm calling that I call real questions and these are questions that a lot of people have uh, regarding God regarding the church and this message i 'm sharing next week. Uh, and I, I don't do them all at once because they're, they actually take a little, quite, quite a bit of studying and prep to, to prepare for these. But, but this one that I'm going to be sharing next Sunday is called How Do I Know God is Real? How Do I Know God is Real? I'm talking about some, uh, some perspectives from philosophy as well as, well as science. And, and uh, if you know of anyone who questions even the existence of God, I encourage you to get them here because they may be surprised at what, at what they actually hear as I share that message. So looking forward to that next Sunday. You know one of the best things you can do is on your way out, grab some of those invitation cards. I keep mine with me. I keep them in a little, uh, just this little packet thing, just this little uh, business card pouch thing. And, and it's cool because I do this is I, I have my little money clip on the inside there too. So now you know where my cash is, but uh, I can keep my money clip in there because because it reminds me though, is that the currency of God is people. And, and every time I can give one of these cards away, it's another person. And that's what God cares the most about his people. He loves you. And so we let that love go through us to some other people. Well, I'd love for you to go ahead and get your notes out and your Bibles out. And uh, you're going to follow along with me here. We're going to be reading in a few minutes from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, Matthew 14, 22. So find that in your Bibles and get ready to jot a few things down because today I'm going to share the final message in my series entitled rules to start breaking rules to start breaking. And there are these rules that we tend to create. Uh, on our own, uh, society creates these rules, the culture creates them, religion creates these extra rules, and and uh, I, and the rules that I'm talking about that I'm encouraging y- us to start breaking are, uh, I, w- I would call them detrimental rules. They're not advantageous to it at, at all. Uh, we also call them, I call them like add-on rules. We just kind of add them on, and a lot of times we do it without even thinking. It's just what we do, um, and these add-on rules I've been talking about that I believe they can like su- suppress or even or even like destroy the vitality of your life um, and, and your relationships with people and even your relationship with God. And so it's good to know what these bad rules are and learn how to break them. Uh, the ones we've we've dealt with so far is uh, or actually today's the last one. So it's never fight. Break the rule of never risk. Break the rule of never ask for help. Break the rule of never get angry. And we also break the rule today of never. Look stupid. That's today's rule to break. Never look stupid. That's a rule. Yeah, that is a rule that's out there a lot. Um, This one haunts us from uh, from really just the small issues in life to big issues, potentially life-altering issues, uh, or or big steps that you could take. They're not taken because you don't want to look stupid. (laughs) And, and if, I, I believe this. If you want to learn to break this add-on rule of never look stupid, is you begin attacking it with just the small things in life. You just begin dealing with it, and, and, and that will actually give you more courage to break the rule of never look stupid when it really, really matters. And, you know, there's a small case just about a month ago, and I thought it was a very odd situation but, but I had received an invitation from the mayor's office to go to a private breakfast and about 10 other people, 12 other people, and these people were primarily from the healthcare industry, and, and there was a fantastic breakfast buffet all set up on the tables of some little room in the Fort Worth Club, you know, so you kind of go up there, and you're like, well, hello, you know, I get to talk like that, and, and I showed up on time and just kind of scanned the room real quick, and like, well, great, there's only one person I know in here, but I'm going to make some friends, and... and uh, and so, well, here we go. And it looks like these people all knew each other. And, 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 but but uh, prior to the meeting, you know, the people kind of kept talking and just making small talk. You know, you, you ever been around that where people kind of make the nervous small talk? And, and people kept saying, oh, look at the breakfast. Boy, I sure do want to indulge in that. That looks like an amazing spread. And I was looking at it thinking of the same thing, too. And, and, uh, and well, then the mayor walked in. And, and uh, she just walked into the room. She said, the first thing out of her mouth is, hey, y'all, get in line and get some breakfast. Of course, that's how she talks. You know, I'm not making fun of her. Hey, y'all, get get in line and get some breakfast. And so, so uh, uh, she goes, like, let's get this meeting going. And, um, but you see, there's this add-on rule that you should never be the first person in the buffet line. You know, you know about it, don't you? It's like one of those things. It's just one of these rules, and and so after waiting about thirty seconds for somebody to move, I'm like, I didn't know these people, but it's like, well, whatever. And I just walked over there and got my plate and took the first stab of the buffet line, and and this total stranger, I uh, found out later, he's you know he's a, a executive director at a hospital here. He, he leaned over into me and he said, <laughs> he said, "You're taking a big risk being the first person in the buffet line." He said, that can actually go pretty bad for a person. It can look wrong. And, and, and you know, it's just like, I, I, I just I just smiled and I said, Well, you know, when the boss says get in line and get your food, I just I just do what the boss says and and, and then I was <laughs> like, I thought that was over with. I thought, okay, whatever. But then he said <laughs> he said, wouldn't it be embarrassing if you get your food and you go sit down at the table and nobody else gets up in line to get their food and you're eating all by yourself? And, and I thought, man, you know, it's like, like he's really trying to make me feel bad for being the first person in line. And, and I just told him, I said, you know, I, I quit playing it safe years ago. And so I'm just gonna, I just kind of owned the moment and got my plate. And, and of course, people fell in right behind me and they got their plates also. And, and, but I had a great time at the breakfast. I really did. Uh, but you see, I, I try to conven- conveniently break the rule of never look stupid whenever I can. As long as it's not ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And and see, that gives me the encouragement, personal encouragement, to continue to push through and not be timid. The Apostle Paul wrote about this to Timothy, this young pastor of this megachurch in Ephesus. and, and, And Paul says this. He says, the spirit God gives us, that's the Holy Spirit God gives us, does not make us timid and shy. Instead, God gives us the spirit, which is, gives us power, love, and self-discipline, a sound mind. So, so that, that scripture right there, I have it memorized because it helps me to break this add-on rule of never look stupid. But uh, the truth is, uh, we all kind of exert considerable effort to keep this fifth and final rule of never look stupid. Uh, I, I think it's especially prevalent here in the big city. Um, But you see, Jesus is our model, and Jesus consistently violated man's add-on rule of never look stupid. Uh, Jesus didn't live to impress anyone except the Father. And if his actions aligned with the Father's will, for Jesus, that's all that really mattered. And so what Jesus did is he taught his disciples the same principle, basically, you know, without, he didn't actually say you got to break the rule of, of don't ever look stupid, but that's really what he taught them. And he even warned them that, hey, if you follow me, it can potentially uh, derail some relationships and possibly even with families and friends. And, but they, they got on board and they did it and, and people did say, hey, you look stupid, but they, they move forward. Thank God they did. I mean, we have the church today because they did, but as the disciples were on their journey, they all discovered eventually that this thing of following Jesus was really a pretty radical call. It was about radical living. And, and, and they began to see, especially you know, during Jesus' ministry and especially after he was gone, that they became conduits of, of God's power and life and love. And, and really, they, they, they got out there and they just did it. I mean, everyone else can live their respected Boring, mundane, monotonous, weary lives, you know? Other people can be respected for their prudent and cautious behavior and their bland dead faith, but I don't want that. Probably my favorite disciple of all is Peter he chose to break that rule of never look stupid, and he probably would have jumped in line at the buffet also, too. And he, he, but he would break this rule um, quite often, and, and one of the occasions that he broke this rule, I'm, I'm going to talk with you about today. It's recorded in the book of Matthew, chapter number 14, verse 22. I'll give you the background real quick. Jesus had just completed this massive outdoor crusade, and thousands of people were there, and, and at this event, people got hungry, and, the, and so Jesus prayed, and the disciples, started breaking bread and fish. I mean, everybody ate. It was an amazing miracle. Uh, and then, so this is a huge extended time of ministry that Jesus was in that day. And and he was physically, uh, emotionally, and What's even more significant is spiritually drained that day, and I know how that feels sometimes when you're actually ministering over and over. It's just like okay, you 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 just need some time alone, and he needed to be alone, Uh, so he got alone with God, and he allowed it gave him time to allow his spirit to be refreshed with God's spirit. So now that that's the setting, that's what's happening here, and I want us to look in now at what Matthew has to say. Matthew was an eyewitness to all of this; he was there, he saw it happen. He recorded it in his gospel in chapter 14, verse 22. He said, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while Jesus dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. So. He sent the disciples in their ministry vehicle, which is a boat. <laughs> and he sent them in that boat to get to the other side of this lake. But it was a huge lake. Uh, I, in my studies, I found that it was about eight miles from one side to the other of the lake. And it was, it was evening. It was getting dark. And, and it would take a little while for them to get there. All right. So jump back to the story. It says later that night, he was there up there praying, alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, and it was being buffeted by waves because wind was against it. Okay, so this lake, even in today's world, still till today, it is, it is well known that the, it has these dangerous, like, pop-up storms that, that can form and even just stay there for a long time. Well, one of those storms hit that particular day. And for several hours that night, the disciples were rowing against the wind trying to get across this eight-mile lake, and, and, and they were wearing down. Now, take a look at, the, at how the story goes on. It says, shortly before dawn, so this had been all night, shortly before dawn, let's say 4 a.m. maybe, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. <laughs> he can walk on water. I was wondering how he did that. You know, I, I actually, as I was thinking about that this, this morning, my mind drifted off. Like, how did he do it? Because I would think it would be kind of hard, because the waves are going up and down, and so he would be going up and down with the waves. And so it's all like, wait a minute! I bet you, you know, God just kind of there's this this little little pathway that that's where he just walked out. I, I think that, that's that's my assumption, because in all the movies, he's kind of going up and down on the waves. But I think I think there would have been a pathway. All right, that's just my my reasoning. I don't know. I think about crazy Bible things. All right, but. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. He said, it's a ghost. And they began to cry out in fear. So they're panicked. They're tired. They're exhausted. They'd probably been out for about 22 hours or so. All right. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. This is the turning point in the story right here. Now, Peter takes center stage. So he says, Lord, if it's you, then tell me to come out on the water. Jesus said one word come. Then Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. That's awesome. I tried finding videos of, of this just to, just to see it. Now, none of the little Jesus movie videos ever, you know, they, I don't think they do any of them right. And so I was like, no, nah, none of those works. So I can't show you what I thought it looked like. But, uh, but, 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 but then it says, he saw the wind and he was afraid and he was beginning to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. He says, you have little faith. Why'd you doubt and then, they climbed into the boat, and the wind died down. You want to talk about a radical change of circumstances. In a matter of hours, they had gone from the celebration of this, the most incredible miracle they had ever seen to total and complete chaos and panic. And so they obviously entered the lake when it was smooth as, you know, Lake Worth at sunrise. <laughs> But they rode too far out there from the shore to get back, and this vicious storm hit them. And, and my guess, my hunch is that, that Peter and the rest of the disciples, they probably wish they had never even gotten into the boat at the first, in the first place, you know? But then again, Jesus himself, you know, the guy who just helped them work this incredible, incredible miracle, he had sent them to the other side of the lake, and so they trusted him, and so they were obeying God. They were obeying God. But their scary situation turned mortifyingly, horribly terrifying when their superstitious minds conjured up this figure coming to them as a ghost walking on the water. They were scared for their lives, but that's when the ghost proved not to be a ghost, but it was Jesus. And that's when he said, take courage. It's I. You don't have to be afraid. They were shocked. I mean, can you imagine? They were shocked and bewildered. But, but Peter, Peter's the one who just jumps out, and he goes, you know, if he's full of faith and boldness, and that's what I love about Peter. He just gets out there, <laughs> and he asks a question that could possibly make him look stupid. Right, and, and, I, and, and I'm just thinking, what do the other 11 think right there? And he says, okay, if it's you, Lord, then you tell me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus spoke the one word, Come and so there's no way to know really exactly what was happening in Peter's mind at that moment but, but I believe that in that moment Peter knew it was Jesus and he trusted the voice because he heard that voice and he knew come that's the way Jesus says it he wasn't worried in fact in fact, he was that same word. I, I was just thinking of this just came to me just now is that's actually the very first word that he spoke to Peter when he called him to, to leave his nets and follow him come he would know that word he wasn't worried about what the other disciples would think of him. Uh, I know that we'd sometimes think Peter was dangerously impulsive, but I don't know. I, I, he just wasn't concerned. He wasn't concerned that he might look stupid, that he was actually going to go out and try to walk on water, which was ridiculous, you know? But the truth is, Peter did the impossible. And there's a lot to learn from what happened that night for us. So, so here's the big question. When is the right time to break this rule of never look stupid? And then how do we break it? Well, let's look at the story. See, the first thing is, if you're going to break this rule of never look stupid, you need to recognize your boat. What is your boat? Um, basically, your boat is anything that provides you safety and security apart from God himself. It's whatever produces fear. Think about it. What in your life produces fear when you think that you're going to have to leave it behind? That's something that's secure to you. That's your boat. Uh, it could be your job. It could be a relationship. It could be a relational status. It could be a home, a house, a car. It could be a cause. It, it could even be a compulsive or an addictive behavior. Uh, it could be the approval of your spouse or the approval of your boss. But, but, but if you really, really want to stretch your faith and grow spiritually and use the Holy Spirit power like we talked about yesterday, you're going to have to climb out of that place of security, the boat. You're going to have to step into the water, and the truth is, it's going to be scary. I, I have a list that I keep of major decisions I've made in my life and big decisions I've made and. And there, there are several of them, about 20 of them. I'm sharing just a, briefly just a few of them here today. But one of them was leaving my comfortable position and my salary 10 years ago, resigning the pastor of this large church. And I had nothing lined up. But I had huge faith to step out of that secure boat. And it was scary. But now that I look back, city life wouldn't be here now if I hadn't done that. Someone else would be here using this building for whatever So what's your boat? What is your place of safety? Maybe it's time that you need to climb out of it. But see, Peter didn't just walk on the water as soon as he got into the boat, okay? There had to be something else that happened. In fact, there are other conditions that have to happen and really begin to align for you to know it's time for you to step out and and not worry about looking stupid. And the second one is to observe your storm. Know that there is a storm. Observe the storm and know about it. You see, whenever you set out on a God-given voyage in pursuit of a God-given vision and you've heard from God, he said, go, I want you to do this. You believe you've heard it. We typically expect everything's going to be smooth because God's kind of like ordering my steps, right? I, I, I can quote the scripture, the steps of a righteous man are or ordered of the Lord. I like that scripture. I believe that scripture, but that doesn't mean it's going to be smooth. Actually, endeavor happens that way. And I'm sure the disciples felt like, oh, this is going to be a nice, easy trip across here. We've just seen huge miracles. And, but the storm hit. What's your, what's your storm? What's your storm? Is your marriage a mess? Is your business about to go under? Problems with your children? Is it a financial storm? Are you being slammed by a physical condition? What is your storm? Identify it. Because if you're in a storm, you're actually ripe for a miracle. And you're not alone because Abraham and, and and Elijah and Joseph and Moses and David, they all faced huge, massive, insanely crazy storms. But during the storm, it's really critical that you do this third thing. And here it is: listen to God's voice. Respond to God's voice. Because during your storm, he's going to speak again. And when he speaks during your storm, hear me now, this is now the opportunity for you to step into the supernatural. I, I, I like to say this would be the call of God. Responding to God's voice is the call of God. It, it, all, those, those things, the call of God ultimately is what brings meaning to your life, It's what compels you to get out of that boat and, and, and lets you know that you're about to engage in the supernatural. And Jesus spoke that one word to Peter. He said, come, come. Peter climbed out of that boat, and he stepped into the water. And, and, and the water held him somehow. I don't think I've thought more about that. You know, I, I've always wondered since I was a child, but I that water hold him? Jesus somehow overruled the laws of nature. I mean, he's the creator himself, but my goodness. And as long as Peter kept focusing on Jesus, this is important, and trusting in Jesus, he could move safely across the water just like you can safely walk through the middle of Burnett Park on a nice Sunday afternoon in downtown Fort Worth. But Peter experienced the supernatural when he stepped out of the boat and onto, but not into, the water. And through this, you'll only experience the supernatural when you do the same because faith always takes action. And if you don't take action, you'll never see the miracle. Guys, listen, God is calling you to do something that can only be accomplished through the power of his Holy Spirit. But, but you, you're never going to respond to this call of God and this stirring in your heart if you're stuck in the boat and you're all worried about the risk that might make you look stupid. <sighs> See, The call of God is a powerful, it's this powerful mental and emotional urge to accomplish something or do something that really cannot be accomplished without the help of the Holy Spirit. I mean, for me, those, some of those other moments were when, in 2011, when God called me to do city life, and the truth is, it could flop bad, and I could look really, really, really stupid. But I'm glad I stepped out of the boat. 1988, 30 years ago this month, woohoo! God called me to marry Rebecca, and but then, I, I, of course, after I had gotten to know her, I found out she wasn't perfect, and but. Uh, <laughs> I went ahead and stepped out of the boat because I think, well, I'm actually a whole lot less perfect, you know, and, and I'm glad I did. In the summer of 1984, these are all the major decisions in my life that I have written now. The summer of 1984, I stepped out of the boat, leaving the safety of my parents' home and the little mobile home and dusty West Texas town of Alpine to come here to the big, scary city. <laughs> To prepare myself to be a pastor. I was following the call of God, and I'm glad I did. See, the call of God will utilize your talents, and it's going to use the resources that you have to meet a specific need. So, it, it, it's going to be in sync with what ravishes your heart, you know? In other words, God's call is going to mesh with your passion and, and, your, and your abilities, but then you have to have a whole lot more of God in order to make it happen. And, and the truth is, it's always happened that way with me. Always. Always. So, what's your call? God's call will drive you to Jesus. God's call will involve risk. God's call will evoke fear. God's call will also require Holy Spirit power to get it done. But once you've heard God's call, you've got to step out of that boat. But there's still another condition, and that is that you have to stretch your faith. You've got to stretch that faith. When I was taking my sons deep into the Grand Canyon four years ago this summer, we had to follow an unexpected path. It was a crumbling path in the dark that had sheer drop-offs right next to us, and that was scary. Every step was a step of faith, and I had to lead my sons down that path. We had to get out of that canyon. And one false step, the truth is, one false step would mean uh, definitely a very rapid descent and very likely a certain death. Because we had read the books. We knew the stories of the people that had even died along that path. You know, if it were not for the storm, Peter may have just climbed right back into the boat with dry sandals. He might have kept his focus and everything would have been just fine. And who knows, maybe the story wouldn't even be here in the Bible. But what happened is when Peter was stepping out in faith, I'm going to do this, here we go, I'm taking this big step, and he starts walking on water, he's doing it, but then it says, I I like the term that that Matthew uses, it says he saw the wind. And that word saw is, is not like just a visual thing, it speaks of his entire senses just being overwhelmed with the wind. That means he felt the force of the wind against him. He heard the sound of the crashing waves around him and the wind that was causing that, and, and the wind distracted him from Jesus. I'll say it again. The wind distracted him from Jesus. The, you can imagine, I mean, the water was probably blowing like horizontally across across the, 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 the edge of the, I mean, across the lake, and Jesus, you can imagine his robe just flopping and furiously. You no know, wonder they thought he was a ghost. That would be really, really scary, just like they were in Scooby-Doo when I was a kid. You know. But fear took over, And then he was beginning to sink. Now, maybe it was just to his ankles or to his knees. But it's interesting because the Bible didn't say he sank all the way. And it made me mad because all the videos that I watched, Peter sinks all the way. It's like, well, the Bible doesn't say that, so I don't like the Jesus videos. But it says he started to sink. Can you imagine? So maybe he just went down to his ankles or down to his knees and can't help but wonder what actually kept him from really disappearing under the raging lake. Because Peter be- only began to sink because, according to Jesus, he merely doubted. That was it. See, his fear didn't completely erode his faith, but there was this there was this fissure of doubt. It's kind of like spread like an, an expanding crack on a windshield. He began feeling his feet covering with water. And what's he going to do with this? You know, uh, Is he going to believe his doubt and sink? Or is he going to gather up his courage and keep walking on water? Or would he cry out to Jesus and trust that Jesus would bring about and would mend the gap between his faith and his doubt? So what Peter did is he called for help and and he reached out. Jesus reached out for him and restored his faltering faith and he did not sink. And then they climbed into the boat together. Then another cool thing happened. The moment they get into the boat, the wind stops blowing. Yep. God does the same thing with me and with you too. Just takes you right to the edge. The thing is that in those times. you you, you got to trust in Jesus. because he He's the one who enables you to walk on water. You have to trust in something that only he can empower you to overcome. You have to refuse to cave to looking stupid in the midst of it all. See, but the next step, the next test occurs really when the circumstances that are beyond your control, they blast away at your faith dream. And then you begin to accept doubts. And when you accept doubts, that accelerates fears. And then when you believe your doubts, hear me, when you believe your doubts, what do you do? Well, you can try to get back into the boat that you just got out of, or maybe try to frantically hunt for another boat Or you can look to Jesus, and you can trust Jesus to keep you from sinking. But this only happens if you're abiding in Christ. The more you know Jesus and are intimate with Jesus, the more you're going to be able to trust him just like Peter was. And he will enable you to walk on water, even when doubt comes against you like a harsh wind. So guys, I'm telling you this today. It's time to live. It's time to step out. Even though you may look stupid doing it. But I want you to remember this is that none of this is possible unless you proactively choose to break this rule of never look stupid. John, one of one of Jesus' other disciples, he was there in the boat that day. He, he tells us that many, there were there were many people who actually believed in Jesus when he was walking around on this earth. And, and this, this jumped out at me the other day, and I thought, how interesting. It, it just I was riveted by it. But unfortunately, these masses of people who really did believe in their heart about Jesus, they, they were too diligent to strictly obey this rule of never look stupid, and they missed out. Here's, here's what John says in John chapter 12, verse 42. He says, yet at the same, t- same time, many, even among the leaders... They believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, look at this. They would not openly acknowledge their faith. Why? It's for fear. Oh, I'm afraid. They're afraid they would be kicked out of church. <laughs> Why? Oh, wait a minute. Look here. It's because they loved people applauding them more than praise from God how utterly tragic you see if i'm trying to please other people what i have done is i have misplaced my faith which that basically means i have faith in myself and in what i can do and in the applause of people so i can look good in front of people but the moment peter saw the wind His faith shifted from Jesus and he began to doubt whether he could even walk on water. And when he began to doubt, that is when he began to sink. And it works the same with us. My challenge to you today is break that rule of never look stupid. If you you want to walk on water, then you've got to determine that you're going to live for the approval of God and God alone and no one else. And is that radical? You better believe it's radical. See, that's the kind of faith that, that, that prompts a man to listen to the voice of God, obey the voice of God, and step out of a boat and call on Jesus even when you're beginning to sink. It's, it's putting the Holy Spirit into action in your life. Guys, it's time to really live. Yeah. Step out, even though you may look stupid. Maybe today's the day you need to make a choice. Today I'm, I'm going to change. I'm, I'm going to become a worshiper. Maybe today's the day you say, well, I'm going to begin tithing and receiving God's blessing on my finances. Maybe today's the day where you say, well, I, well, I want to make a commitment to this church and be a part of this, this, this launch for us to be a, a so, sovereign, self-governing church. And I don't know. Maybe today's the day you just want to be baptized in water. You could even do that. Making your public profession of faith. What is it? What is it? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? i like for there to be no movement right now. I'm going to ask you to focus internally. Because you might be here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus completely. Possibly you've drifted from your relationship with God. And if you want to know Jesus that I talk about, if you want a new beginning, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond right now. Respond by simply lifting your hand. And listen, faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening on the inside. And I'm asking you, would you even be willing to step out in faith and make the decision to follow Jesus, to give your life to Jesus, knowing this He loves you, He loves you so much more than you can imagine, and He's saying to you, come. And if you respond to Him, everything changes today. And if you want to be included in this closing prayer and make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond by simply lifting your hand and saying, Pastor Tim, that's me. Will you pray for me? I, I want to pray to receive Jesus today. I'm ready to move forward in my walk with God. i to count to three. Just lift your hand so I can connect my faith with yours. Will you do that? Pastor Tim, that's me. Today, I want to make the decision to follow Jesus. One, two, three. Just lift your hand for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what I'd like for us to do. I want everyone to stand. If you lift your hands, stand also. Everybody stand. I'm going to ask you guys, everyone in this room, to pray these words with me. But if you lifted your hands, I want you to pray this. I don't want you to mean it from the bottom of your heart. Come on, pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the son of God. Please forgive my sin. Today I choose to live. (laughs) And I'm going to break the rule. I've never looked stupid. (laughs) So I'm going to give up my past and embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for your spirit that lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. You know, City Life Church, we are all about developing followers of Jesus who influence and shape culture, and it's possible that you are even feeling a a shift that is coming in your life, or possibly deep down inside, you feel called to something more, and City Life might be a part of that future. Let me tell you, Launch Sunday is the big event that's coming up, and it's happening on February 10th, 2019, and if you'd really like to be a part of what God is doing in downtown Fort Worth through City Life Church... I'm asking you to go and visit our website at citylifefw.org and click the launch button. Uh, you can also just come and visit one of our services because I, I really believe the future is bright and it's limitless in potential. I want you to hear my vision. I want you to be a part of what God is doing at City Life and come and chat with me personally after one of the services.